Hi friend, this is Alex McRobbs, founder of The Mindful Life Practice, and you're listening to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast. I'm a Canadian who moved across the world to the Middle East at age 23, and I never went back. I got sober in 2019, and I now live full-time in Bali, Indonesia. I've made it my mission to help other women around the world stop drinking, start yoga, and change their lives through my online Sober Girls Yoga community. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. Welcome back to everyone. Anyone that listened to the listens is listening to the podcast. We just did a little intro, but this is our first Monday back on the um on our yoga philosophy talks. And you know, I feel like this whole thing is the perfect build-up for our theme today, which is Opera Graha letting go, <laughs> because sometimes things just don't work out the way you've planned. I'm okay. I don't need a flashlight. Thank you. That's my mom. (laughs) Sometimes things don't work out as you plan. And Opera Graha is just kind of like letting go and going with the flow. (laughs) That's actually a perfect (laughs) intro to the topic. (laughs) Um, What for you, how would you define Opera Graha for you? What does that mean for you? Yeah, I think it like honestly regularly evolves. Um, and it can mean various things based on like the different aspects of life. Like I think the one that I was like thinking about the most um, for me is around actually like, cause it, it, Aprigaha talks about like um, letting go and that can mean various things. Like it can mean letting go of like physical objects. It could mean letting go of memories. It could mean letting go of whatever feeling we might be clinging to. It could mean people. <clears throat> it can mean so many different things. Um, but one of the biggest things that I was thinking about this weekend with this is, um, kind of around memories as well as like forgiveness, whether that's like for others or for self, um, as one of like the things that I've been focusing on more lately, um, because I kept having these memories just from my past come up and I realized how much I would like cling to them and they would just be the story that I would have on repeat in my head and like we attach to whatever it is like maybe we're in a new relationship and we're attached to like the honeymoon phase of the relationship maybe we went through a breakup and we're attached to the feeling of the hurt or maybe we're clinging to someone who no longer you know we're with and no longer cares for us or whatever it is or we lost someone whether it be actually through passing or through like something ending and we cling to that. And so I think we talked about before the story with my dad, how I cling to this one story that I was like telling myself on repeat. Um, and that became like where my energy went, like where my focus went. And it just became the thing that I told myself ongoing. And so I was thinking about it over the weekend of how sometimes this is fine. And like, we have like a positive memory and we cling to it and like, it brings us joy. It brings us energy and it's not kind of negatively taking from us. And I think those scenarios, it's okay to have that positive memory um, with you. But when you're holding on to something, maybe a little bit more on the negative side, it can really have like a little bit of, of an unhealthy attachment to the past. And so I think it's been learning to kind of release that and let that go because it was actually interesting. I was talking about this with the, with the deep dive group um, last Monday about how linked some of these um, yamas are. And so we, when we think about like letting go of a memory, um, it could be because when we think about brahmacharya and like energy expenditure, like our energy is being directed in like kind of a negative way um, that doesn't like fill us up. It doesn't bring 
or contribute anything positive to our lives. So that's something I was thinking about a lot of is like, how can I start to release some of these negative memories or negative stories that really don't serve me. And that's kind of where then forgiveness can kind of come into play. Sometimes there's an element of hurt or loss or whatever it is, and it may require actually forgiving a person um, or yourself. Like it could be, you know, a mistake that you made or something that you're beating yourself up for that maybe contributed to the loss of a job, a relationship, whatever. And you're having a hard time letting go of the forgiveness to yourself. Um, So then that element of like either self-forgiveness or forgiveness of others um, comes in. And when we enter into like non-forgiveness, we enter this vicious cycle with our, with our energy. Like we're just in this circular path. Um, So when we choose to forgive your, like ourselves or others for mistakes, we can release that like energetic edge that kind of comes with it, Um, which isn't easy. And again, I think I talked about this in another Yama, like forgiveness doesn't mean allowing the people back into your life. You're just releasing that energetic hold that it that it has um which i think is just a really beautiful practice of a a parigraha wow so many wise things just in that i'm like where do i even start with that there's so much wisdom and well i'm wondering actually i have a question which kind of came up for me that i thought i would ask you is someone recently maybe it was in our yoga sutra study someone recently was asking like okay we talk about letting go letting go so much but like how do we actually do that and i'm just wondering like what has worked for you and the practice of letting go? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I think, I think it's hard um, to kind of give a direct answer because I think it looks different for everybody. Um, For me, I think the practice of yoga and breath work have really helped me kind of just be more in my body and like releasing. And so sometimes it's like visualization meditations that work for people like your cord cutting one, for example, that energetic tie gets cut for um, between you and whatever it is. It doesn't have to be a perfect person it could be like a memory an object whatever um for others it might be movement and actually releasing it through the physical body through your practice it could be the breath work it could be journaling like journaling everything that you want to let go of maybe you burn that piece of paper um that's a really kind of beautiful practice as well so i think it's no perfect way and sometimes it's an exploration of like what works um, cause what works for me and it may not resonate at all. Like with you, for example, yeah. I love that answer. That's so wise. And I would add to it, just like you said, being open to so many things. Part of my journey has been, I try to allow myself to be open to anything that appears on my path. And an example of that is like, I did hypnotherapy for the first time. I don't know if I've told you about the story of me trying hypnotherapy. It was actually not on purpose. I was trying to go for Reiki. I was in a really troubled mental state over something that had happened. And I called the healing center on my island to be like, I had asked for a day off work. I was like, can I do Reiki? Sorry, this is so creepy. Mom was walking around behind with a flashlight. <laughs> We're in a power outage. <laughs> I was like, saw that. I'm like, is that Susan? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, power outage. We're like in the middle of bully. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I called the healing center and I said, can, you know, can I book Reiki? And they didn't have their Reiki healer. And I said, can I book angel card reading? And they said, we don't have the angel card reader. And I was like, okay, who do you have in? And they said, our hypnotherapist. And I was like, okay, I'll book that. And 
that's an example of like, I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't, I didn't think I Googled what is hypnotherapy and I just went and it was so transformative that I speak so highly about it to everyone. I recommend it to people now. I've done it with a few different people. I've done it with Khaled. I've done it with a woman called Susan. I am a hypnotherapist that I first saw in Abu Dhabi. But that's an example of like, I would have never been open to something like that. And I just try to do everything that comes along my path, whether it's, you know, psychic, hypnotherapy, yoga, meditation, anything. Yeah. Absolutely. That that's so true. And I think that's such um beautiful advice because I think we can we can get kind of like stuck in our ways of like just wanting to be closed off, not wanting to explore something new. And when we do, you have no idea what path it's going to take you on. Like there's a whole potential another set of doors that open as a result of that. And as a worst case scenario, it doesn't resonate, it doesn't land. But what did you lose from the experience? Nothing. Totally. That's so true. Yeah. What has been challenging for you in your life to let go of? I think self-forgiveness has been a really, really challenging one for me. Um, I think we all kind of hold ourselves to a little bit of a higher um, standard, which is totally fine. But I think, you know, I try to remind myself, like, what would I tell a friend in this scenario? What would I tell a family member? You would tell them to forgive yourself, let go, like move on, like it happened, learn from it. But we have a hard time kind of like doing that for ourselves. So that's been a challenge um, for me. Um, and then also I'm getting way better at this, but for the longest time, it was actually just making time for self-care. Um, cause mm. that's actually a really beautiful practice of a paragraha is the need to like cling and hold on to things often comes down to a lack mentality in, in um, mm. scarcity, insecurity, all of that kind of yeah. thing. So when we look to others, I was huge on this. I looked to others to answer my life. Like I was like, what should I do? Versus kind of tuning inwards and listening to like, what do I want to do? So we become so reliant on other people to direct our lives that we've almost just no longer, we're in the passenger seat. We're no longer in the driver's seat of what our lives are. Um, And so we rely so heavily on others, like we lose our independence. And that was me for, I don't know, two decades of my life. I think I just was not able to make a decision. I was, I would always seek what other people would do to answer the question because I couldn't hear what my inner voice was telling me what my intuition was telling me. And so when you bring in self-care into your life, it's a way of kind of learning how to rely on yourself and learning how to be in touch with yourself and become more confident, more independent and more secure within yourself. And then it releases that need to rely on other people in a way that's unhealthy. So in a way that's like dictating like what your life should be or what you should do, what the answer is to your problems or even kind of those unhealthy attachments in relationship. Um, so it allows you to kind of become more secure in yourself. Um, and so when I started to invite like yoga, meditation, spending time in nature, going for a walk, having a bubble bath into your life, you you develop a connection with yourself that just allows you to let go of that reliance on others and cultivate this sense of secureness and confidence, independence, like whatever it is in your own being. And then you can start to hear what it is that you want like what is it that your life you want your path to look like and how can you do things to contribute to that versus having someone else drive that I think that's actually been my biggest challenge when I say that out loud now was like my reliance on others in an unhealthy way yeah I love that and it's amazing how these patterns sometimes are just from our childhood and they just keep going on and keep going on it's like you just I remember one of my teachers saying once that we've all been sold a story about who we are, like a story about, you know, the character that we play in this story. And we keep carrying through our whole life with it. 
And some people will live their whole life being that character. And then some people will end up hitting a wall where you're like, this isn't working for me. I have to go the other way. And it's like coming to that realization and then the changes that you make. And it's so hard because you're like, this is who I am. And starting to understand like, no, this is not who I am. <laughs> like I can, I can do this a little differently. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think as a, as a kid, like I was always told, oh, like you're just, um, you're such an unsettled kid. Like I could never figure out like what to do with myself. Like I always had to be around someone else for me to feel safe and calm. Um, right. And, I, and so I remember my mom saying to me recently, like, I was like, oh, I realized like I really struggled with anxiety. <laughs> she, Why don't you tell me? I'm like, I was five. Like, how do you be like, I'm feeling anxious. You know, right. you, you can't identify what it is that you're feeling as a, like an older, more wise person. You can look back and be like, oh, this is what I was struggling with. Um, but to others, you're perceived as someone who doesn't want to listen, can't sit still, needs other people. But like when you peel that apart, there's something underneath that that's not who you are, but maybe something that needs your attention and, and healing. Yeah. Wow. That's so uh, powerful. On that, okay. So we're talking a lot about like our relationships, our our personality, some of the like ways we move through the world in relation to others has kind of what we've been talking a lot about. And um, I want to add one thing to this, which is also about like our physical stuff. And the reason why is it's just popped into my head. I have this awesome friend who I know quite a few mindful life practice people have signed up with for her program. She actually was one of my yoga students back in Abu Dhabi like years ago. And she started a business now where she helps people declutter. And so she's doing something in September where it's like 30 days of decluttering on day one you, and you got rid of one thing day two you got rid of two day three you got rid of three and by the end of it you've gotten rid of 465 things now I said I was going to do it but I'm actually not living in my house this month because I'm my mom is here and so I've like put it aside until next month but that's been one of my biggest practices as an expat is like every time I get to a new place I just like collect things and then I have to, I mean, I don't have to let them go. I know quite a few people who live the same way I do and they just pack it all up in a shipping cart and like ship it around the world. But to me, that always seems like just crazy to have all this stuff and just keep sending it around knowing that I'm not using it. And so each time I transition, it's like this opportunity to let go. And um, I'm just wondering like if you've experienced this at all with physical stuff or what's your... um, experience them with like physical objects. Yeah. No, I love that. I really need to do that challenge as well. I'm good. I get into moods um for to purge like very often. So I mm-hmm. I kind of regularly go through my stuff, but that, that was not always something that I did. Um I used to also just collect, collect, collect. And then there was like a story behind each object that I didn't want to let right. go of that story because I think often we can we can feel that our our memory is in the object. Whereas the memory yeah. is in our being um, and it's in our hearts, right? So I was mm-hmm. telling um, the deep dive group this, um, when my dad passed, I collected like a bunch of his stuff and like brought it home with me. So I think I had like a bunch of his clothes. Like I have his wedding ring. I have his passport from when he was a teen um, and all this different stuff. And some of those objects have like meaning, like I'm not going to get rid of his wedding ring because um, I, I can repurpose that and I can use it for myself or on a necklace yeah. or whatever. But I brought home shirts that he like he hated he absolutely hated them and he never wore them but like to me it was like so hard to get rid of because that was something my dad owned um but when I kind of broke it down to to see like what I was feeling like it was it was another layer of letting him go and and so I think there's sometimes a fear of if we let that object go we somehow let that person go and he's in my heart he's with me in pictures and memories and all these other things and he absolutely never even wore those shirts so there's no memory of him even in that shirt. 
And so I let go of some of those objects. Um, and there was a definite layer and feeling of guilt in letting those go because it felt like I was somehow um, maybe telling him he didn't matter or telling him that. So sometimes it's even just talking to the object when you're letting it go and just saying, you know, I'm, I, I love you. You served a beautiful purpose. Like I'm releasing you to bring joy to the next person who receives you type thing. And there's kind of a, I don't know, like an element of just relief and peace when you, when you kind of do it with that, uh, with that way. Cause I think that's so true for so many of our objects. We, we see a person, we see a memory in them and you, you feel like sad to let that go. So if you kind of just like re reframe the thought around it and how that object can bring so much joy to maybe the next person, then it, it becomes a little bit easier. And I think too, um, I don't know if this rings true for, for you, but like often if we have a lot of stuff, like your mind can just start to feel cluttered because it takes yeah. in the energy of your space. And so I, totally. I was finding that too. And I was just like feeling like I couldn't really think properly or just like felt like I just had a lot. And so the practice of letting go through physical objects actually creates a lot of space in your mind and in your body. So true. And what I've experienced in my life in the past, especially in my transition from Abu Dhabi to Bali, it's been less uh, linear. Like it's been a lot of back and forth and a lot of things left at one person's apartment. And then like, you know, right now, for example, I just have had one suitcase for pretty much a month um, because I've been with my mom going to all these different places and then we're in this other villa. And then I think about the stuff that's back in my house. I'm like, I don't even know what's in my house. Like, I'm like, I don't use any of it, obviously, because I haven't had to go home and get anything. Like all I had to go home and get was like my motorbike and my cat. <laughs> like, And so it's like, I don't actually need those things. And um, I'm finding so I'm staying in a place right now that's been subletted through a few different people. And one of the girls came over to pick up a bunch of her stuff, like one of the girls who originally leased the house. And I think about that too, is there's all this stuff, which I agreed to, I said, yeah, you can leave your stuff here. And then when I actually moved in, I'm like, there's just so much like shit in this space. <laughs> like, that I'm like, what even is this? Like, whose is this? What is this? Like, why is this here? Um, but again, that's also temporary and that's not my actual space which I'm soon to be transitioning out of but I want to open up um I want to pull up the Facebook and see I'm like is this live video still in the group I don't even know and has anyone made any comments on it because I'm like I'm not even <laughs> sure like usually I have it up on the side but I can't see it anywhere here um so I don't know if we're still live so I'm really sorry for everyone if people are watching live and commenting I can't like can you see it Kristen on your phone at all like if you're <laughs> Just checking because <laughs> I don't see it anywhere. So I do. I don't. I see, see it. it. Oh, you do. Oh, we are live. Is has anyone commented? Can we see it? Let me just see. Oh, sorry, it's playing on my phone. There's a lot of there's a lot of highs and stuff. I don't see any questions. Though. <laughs> It's so funny. You know, this has been such an exercise in letting go because normally I have it, you know, so organized. It's like up on the side. I'm like responding to comments. There's lights for anyone that's come on and they're like, why is Alex in the dark? I'm in a power outage. Like if you're watching live. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, we'll have to keep the video of this because um, it really, it makes it super special. Okay, I'm going to pull up. So at the end of this, we normally do, um, we share a few things. So here are some different practices for Operate Graha. So you can practice letting go, um, obviously, but practicing non-attachment in areas of your life where you feel like you're too attached or you're too relied on something. You can fully enjoy each moment without needing it to repeat, like not holding on to it. You can try to live with curiosity and not expectations. I know that's one of my biggest things is like my expectations mm-hmm. on who the people will be in my life when mm-hmm. in reality, um, just kind of being present with who they are is is a lot healthier. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Um, just letting go of control, being willing to be surprised and practicing generosity and trust. And some journal prompts could be like, what expectations do I have? for my friendships, my partner, my family, what possessions or material things could I start decluttering or detaching from? What kind of purchases, like is this purchase enriching my inner world and my life or could I refrain from it? And um, if I'm honest with myself, do I really need more things? And if I do, what do I actually need? I love that. One thing when you just said, um, be generous, it made me think about um, one of the biggest things that I think sometimes people refrain from doing because they think that they're somehow going to lose something is actually sharing knowledge. And that's one thing that Mm -hmm. I love about this community is we so willingly share and um, kind of inspire each other and share whatever wisdoms we have. And there's so much, I think we talked about this in one of the other ones, there's just so much collective wisdom in this space and there's so much learning that you can give. And so that's one of the biggest ways to be generous is sure there's, uh, there's kind of giving away your objects without needing to receive anything in return, but it's also just sharing your knowledge and what you've learned so that someone else might find like a little nugget out of it that can kind of then enrich their lives. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, is there anything else that we want to share before we wrap it up? Um, I'm just reading my little notes for myself here. I'm always, I'm always so impressed with you. By the way, like Kristen comes in with like notes, such like such wise shares, and I just look forward to this every week because I feel like I learn a lot and get really grounded. So. Thank you. No, I I love doing these and I love kind of, it's just, it's, um, it's really healing and grounding for me too. When I kind of go through it and make my notes, cause then you learn something like each time of like, Oh, I can kind of be focusing here more, but no, I think that's, um, that's just, yeah, that sums it up. I think. Amazing. So for anyone that's tuned in, if this is your first time joining, we took a little like five week break or so, however many weeks off of this and we're back and we meet every week on Mondays at this time to talk about yoga philosophy. We've just closed up or completed the Yama, which are the first of the eight limbs of yoga, which are kind of our moral obligations or our moral practices. And next week we're transitioning to the Niyamas, which are kind of like inner world practices. So we'll be covering those for the next five weeks. And if you want to learn more from me and Kristen or work more with us beyond this live Facebook, Kristen is my right-hand woman, my go-to for pretty much everything we do with Mind Play Practice. So we do the 200-hour yoga teacher training and she co-teaches that with me. And we also run 30-day challenges, which we haven't done in a while. Um, I haven't had a new group in a while, but I'm like feeling really re-inspired right now because so many of our 30-day challengers are hitting their one year from last year. Last year, we had one 30-day challenge every, like we had July, August, September, 
And they were all really big groups, like 15 women. And there's quite a few women that were in the program for the whole year and are now at one year. And it's just been amazing to like witness and see and shout out to Callie, who's watching this. I know she would be okay with me saying this (laughs) because she put it publicly on Facebook, but she's going to be one year in a few weeks. And she just was our speaker on Sunday. It was just incredible. So heartwarming. And uh, yeah, so we do those three day challenges. So if you're still on the fence with sobriety and you're like, I'm curious, I'm not ready. I kind of want a group to go with. Um, we do that and I'm sure we'll be starting another group soon. So stay tuned. Amazing. And congratulations, Callie. Yes. Congratulations, Callie. And a few other people posted in this group. Um, I can't remember who, I also don't want to say their name publicly on the podcast, (laughs) but uh, a few other people posted that they're in that group too, which is amazing. Amazing. And uh, now it's time for me to find out. I think they have must, we're supposed to be going to dinner next and we're going to find out if there's a generator in the kitchen, but I think there is because there's Jen. There's some lights along the path. So I think there's a generator for like the main stuff in this hotel, but stay tuned. This is a real Bali experience. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Kristen. And we'll see you all next week. See you soon. All right. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sober Yoga Girl Podcast. This community wouldn't exist without you here. So thank you. It would be massively helpful if you could subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast so it can reach more people. If we haven't met yet in real life, please come get your one-week free trial of the Sober Girls Yoga membership and see what we're all about. Sending you love and light wherever you are in the world.